The time is now. Volume 3, Episode 40. This is Employment Law Now. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody, on this February 14, 2019. What better day than Valentine's Day to talk about, well, love. What better excuse to bust out one of the best, yet probably the corniest, TV show themes ever? Thank you so much for joining me and for listening as always. Um, I wanted to release this very special Valentine's Day episode to talk about, well, something that remains a bit of a mystery to employers, and it's called a love contract. What? Yes, a love contract. So, depending on the survey that you look at, uh, most suggest that approximately 35 to 36 percent of workers report having dated a coworker uh, at some point during their career. Many certainly end up in marriage and a lifetime of bliss, but more often than not, it leads to problems at work. Of those 35 to 36% of workers reporting having dated a coworker, about a third of those, according to most surveys, involve a supervisor-subordinate relationship. So with the current backdrop of the Me Too movement and harassment issues in 2019, this whole concept of dating in the workplace and love in the workplace is probably more topical than it's ever been. So it is perhaps a legitimate interest, at least on your company's side, to quote-unquote regulate these relationships in the workplace. The question then becomes, how are we going to go about doing that? Well, some companies have tried to have a blanket, no-fraternizing policy, which essentially bans all romantic relationships. You can't fraternize with anybody in the workplace. Um, some have had some modification of that, and they've banned only those relationships involving a supervisor and a subordinate relationship. Um, but in either case, whether it's an outright ban or whether it's a modified ban, they're really difficult to enforce. They tend to push the relationships further underground, which is defeating the purpose of trying to bring them to the forefront so that people can talk about them. Uh, so it's just essentially a problem. 
So where some companies have uh, come out at, with this issue is to have a relationship sign what's known as a love contract. And while a company is not really getting into and asking about intimate details of a personal relationship, uh, essentially a love contract is an acknowledgement by those involved in a relationship that they are engaged in some romantic relationship and, most specifically, that it is a consensual relationship. There are some other key components to a love contract. For example, the contract will typically remind the people in the relationship of the company's anti-discrimination and anti-harassment policies. They will oftentimes have a provision which says that you cannot engage in public displays of affection and that you must continue to be professional despite the fact that you are in this romantic relationship with a coworker. Uh, there can't be any favoritism, particularly when there is a supervisor uh, subordinate involved. Can't be any favoritism because nothing hurts morale more than when the rest of the office knows there's a relationship going on uh, and the supervisor is playing favorites uh, with the individual uh, that's also in the relationship with that supervisor. Uh, the love contract will also typically have a provision that says uh, each party is free to leave the relationship without retaliation. Uh, and in some cases, there may be even a reference that one party will have to transfer to another department if there is a direct supervisory relationship between the two people um, to the love contract. So what are some of the benefits to your company of having a love contract? Well, certainly you will likely decrease uh, the sexual harassment litigation risk by having these people in a relationship specifically acknowledge that uh, they are in a consensual relationship and that if there's any issue uh, in the future, they are to go to human resources, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, another benefit is it gives an opportunity to HR and to the management of your company to highlight and reinforce certain standards of acceptable conduct in the workplace. But there are some negatives to this whole love contract as well. Um, if an individual feels as if he or she is pressured into a relationship uh, in the first place, well, that individual can argue later down the road that he or she was pressured into signing this love contract as well. Another problem with these love contracts is that it may hurt morale. Employees may think that, wow, this is a real invasion of privacy. Uh, I'm allowed to enter into a consensual adult relationship um, and uh, we can be professional and adult about it. We don't need our employers uh, delving into the details of our relationship. These love contracts also tend to add administrative burdens and are slightly awkward to human resources who are now tasked with keeping track of all of the dating relationships and maintaining files of those who have signed these love contracts. Um, the real big problem, as I see it as well with these things, is uh, the most likely problematic relationships are the ones that are most likely not going to be signing these in any event whether it's an extramarital affair that's involved in the relationship or whether it's folks who um, are not necessarily engaged in a consensual, a truly consensual relationship, those are not the people who are going to be stepping forward uh, and signing these love contracts anyway. So are you really accomplishing anything that you sought out to accomplish? 
Uh, it's also going to be counterproductive if you have um, provisions with these love contracts uh, where you end up transferring the employee who is always the victim, who is always the one um, who at the end of the day does not want to continue to be in this relationship. If that employee uh, is always the one transferred to a different department, uh, you may end up having a litigation risk uh, of some harassment or discrimination claim down the road, regardless of whether you had a signed love contract. So what's your company going to do here? I don't think that these love contracts in any event uh, take the place or should take the place of effective policies harassment, anti-discrimination, anti-retaliation. They also shouldn't take the place of effective training, and we've talked about training a lot in this podcast, particularly in those states where training is now um, a requirement statutorily. They also don't take the place of good communication and good messaging with your workforce on what's appropriate behavior in the workplace. So the bottom line is, I don't know if love contracts are right for you and for your company, but as always, the takeaway is it's something to give some thought to. Don't dismiss it out of hand. Don't just run and have someone draft up these love contracts for you. It's really going to depend on your company, your workforce, what type of people uh, you have working there, and if you've had these issues come up in the past. So give some thought to it. Um, I'd love to hear from you if your company uh, has been engaged in love contracts with its employees or even if you're thinking about it for, uh, for one or more reasons. I'd love to hear from you. Um, and as always, feedback, good, bad, and indifferent about the podcast generally, uh, it's always welcomed. But for now, that's it for this Valentine's Day special of the Employment Law Now podcast. Uh, and until the next time, I hope your labor is productive. Yeah.